Welcome to the heartbeat. This was an amazing conversation, especially for me to have, selfishly for me to have, (laughs) with Ronnie. He is a good brother of mine here in the Austin, Texas community, and this guy's conscious, uh, and not just in the spiritual sense, but I would also say in the third-dimensional, practical, scientific sense of the lived human experience, specifically through the human body. Um, It was fascinating to, to hear his perspectives on specifically addiction and we went to various other topics um but yeah I, I i love how his brain works and so this was an awesome conversation i hope it's awesome for you as well he's written many books on multiple topics and all of that stuff is going to be listed down in the show notes below without further ado you are listening to the heartbeat all right so what's on your heart to talk about today oh man yeah well what's on my heart right now is just um yeah i'm just experiencing like a full spectrum of life you yeah. know um really beautiful experiences following you know some initiations mm-hmm. you know I, I think that's pretty normal in my world and probably many of our worlds is these these uh physical spiritual psychological archetypal initiations that we go through mm-hmm. and um yeah it's been incredibly transformative you know in the areas of love um mm-hmm. business finances working with incredible coaching clients mm-hmm. um my own physical body my health my fitness my energy levels like my um my mental and emotional kind of resonance mm-hmm. stability like everything in my life feels like it's up leveling yeah right now and That's i'm awesome. really grateful for that because it's been an incredible journey mm-hmm. it's been an arduous journey <laughs> there's been many hurdles many things that nobody but me and god will ever know mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's been incredibly challenging so that's also why i feel just very grateful and uh just very inspired mm-hmm. in this moment for everything that is birthing in my life that's awesome. Yeah. Those initiations can definitely uh, be powerful in level shifts and up levels. What do you think uh, contributed to that season that you're in of, or that you're still in right now of it happening like in every area? Because mm-hmm. I've been there too. Mm-hmm. I usually mm-hmm. like to uh, um, to figure out like what was the thing or right. series of things that had happened mm-hmm. to get to that spot because I think that that's what a lot of people are looking for mm-hmm. that are looking for change They're like I just want to change it all I want to hit the next level I want yeah. to like overhaul and everything um what do you think that like what do you like I you well think? I think it's just been a series of choices whether whether for the better or for the worse you know it always comes down to the choices that we make and one thing leads to another mm-hmm. and everything that we do and every choice that we make has an effect on the whole right. of our life and so I, I can't pinpoint it to one thing because I'm in, I'm in a place now where I'm just so present mm-hmm. to my moment-by-moment moment experience while also, you know, having goals and trying to lay the path for the future. But I'm not really caught in the future. I'm really just deeply present right now. And I'm, I'm in my center of gravity in my own universe. So I'm in a space where I'm just allowing everything to come to me. Mm-hmm. And then to feel into my own intuitive guidance system to see where I need to autocorrect, you know, prior choices or timelines or to reach out to people or whatever it is that I'm being called to do. Mm -hmm. It's coming from a different place now. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely made many, many mistakes, mistakes, and uh, you know, errors in judgment, and uh, some impulsive choices. But what's interesting about it, too, is like I can't really go back and say that any of it was wrong, although I can look back and say, yeah, we could have had some more foresight. And it's like they say, hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. And, um, but it's interesting because even with the, the, the mistakes and there are plenty of them, um, it's almost like my life has been just very guided. So like when I make a left turn and I should have made a right, it's like the intuitive GPS system will try to reroute mm-hmm. me back on and it'll, it'll use like mm-hmm. feelings and emotions and sensations and, mm-hmm. um, as a feedback to let me know whether I'm moving towards pain or I'm moving towards you know, happiness or inspiration. Mm -hmm. And so I've just become more and more attuned to that sensory system and more allowing of it to guide me Mm -hmm. versus trying to use the mind to override it. Like if I feel pain, then it's like, okay, well, I need to go towards pleasure. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of the addiction pattern, chasing uh, chasing pleasure to avoid pain and uh, suppressing that feedback system because it's uncomfortable or I don't want to feel the way that I feel. And so, but also not indulging in, in the pain either, because we could do that too and get into kind of a masochistic um, martyr or, you know, just kind of like a pain suffering cycle. Yeah. So I've been very aware of just trying to stay in my center and try to stay neutral and objective mm-hmm. and just feel into my body for the yes or the no. Well, let's dive into that. There's a few things you touched on, like the addiction cycle I want to dive into. Um, but especially with that inner sensed system uh, with your intuition. Mm-hmm. Could you go a little bit deeper in explaining what that was like, building that connection for you and how you yeah. know about it? Because um, that's a, a really important skill. Yeah, it's super important. One of yeah. the most important for sure. Yeah. And so, there, yeah, there, that's great because there's a lot of talk around intuition and how to tap into your intuition. What is your intuition mm-hmm. um, versus maybe your mind or fear? And really, to me, your intuition is actually, it's a, it's a bodily sensation that comes from your guttural intelligence. Mm-hmm. So the same way I think of intuition is the way I think of like gut instinct. Mm-hmm. And if you go into like the field of the gut-brain connection, how the, the mind and the gut are actually connected through the microbiome and the nervous system and how those two systems pair together, mm-hmm. um, your, your solar plexus that that center point in your body is actually where your power is. And it's also where fear gets a hold of us and it can cause this kind of contractive, crippling sensation and it can can numb out our our intuitive guidance, if Mm -hmm. you will. Mm -hmm. And it becomes very hard to sense like what's a true yes and what's a no. And so, and that's a whole process. You're saying like when you're in fear. Yeah, 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 right. And that's a whole process of like unwinding that. But essentially, it, it's a it's a gut instinct that I'm looking for. So for example, if I'm trying to make a decision, and everything looks good on paper, it makes sense, it's logical, it's like I can see how that that works out with my goals or my, my biases, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it doesn't feel right, and this is key, like if something bad doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel good in my system or my gut, then I have to do a little bit of a deeper inquiry. And that usually means that it's it's a no or it's a no for now. There's just something's off about it, right? Those two systems have to align. Mm-hmm. 
And um, so that's, that's kind of been my process of really trusting my own, my instincts versus seeking external um, confirmation or validation to confirm what I already know. And it's, it's interesting too, because the last couple of days I've been in a really profound process um, in a series of different things that have actually confirmed back to me that I already knew a deeper truth mm. about a situation that was really meaningful to me, but there was like a shift in the dynamic that kind of threw me off and my, my, I had a bit of a conflict between my head and my heart. Mm -hmm. And so it's just creating all this like static in my system and creating this back and forth kind of thing. And, um, and then life kind of presented something to me that actually confirmed that I actually knew the truth ahead of time, mm. right? And then it, it was just like a really interesting experience of just that, that sense that like, you know, if you, we know what we know, right. but we may not have developed the, the trust or the, even the, 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 um, developed the, developed within our nervous system, the capability to drop deeper into that. Mm -hmm. And so it just showed me that like, you already know what you know. You may not know how to get there, how it's all going to play out, but you already know what the potential timeline is going to be. So you can either stress yourself out and worry along the way, and it's going to take longer and there's going to be all these like hurdles that happen and this push and pull, or you can just release your attachment to how it has to look in the moment and allow the flow of life to guide you. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to get there anyway. It's probably going to happen a lot sooner with a lot more grace it's probably going to be a lot more enjoyable and um yeah so that that that's been kind of a process that i've been witnessing lately that's awesome and i know it's it's definitely different for everybody mm -hmm. uh, tapping into your intuition and those gut feelings um you mentioned i, I, I can't remember the exact words uh multi-sensorial experience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what are the senses if you could identify them for you uh, that you're that give you a feeling of yes or a no. Could you explain yeah. that sensation a little bit more? Yeah, let's see. So, well, it, this is how I explain it. It's either expansion or contraction, mm -hmm. just from a physical sensation perspective. Mm -hmm. So if I feel contracted in my body, that's a no, for sure. That's mm -hmm. also like safety and unsafety, right? right? So if I feel contracted, I feel tight, that's definitely a no. And, and also that's my system responding. So I have to address the contraction that's happening in my system. Mm -hmm. But I, all I know for sure is that that's a, that, that's a lack of safety. Mm -hmm. And that also is telling me that this doesn't feel good. This isn't right. This is a no. Now I can further inquire about it later, mm -hmm. but I have, to, I have to honor that in the moment. Right. If something feels expansive and it opens up energy within me, and it almost feels like there's inspiration or a relief element, like it, it drives energy forward versus contracts it backward, then that feels like a yes. Mm -hmm. And I think the key too is also to keep following that out. You know, whether it's, you know, in a relationship dynamic, there's a pacing element that I've been really like getting into lately mm -hmm. versus like that immediate rush and then jumping mm -hmm. all in and, and you know, um, uh, things that we do like highly passionate people yeah um, and really just actually pacing with that sensation mm. 
and seeing how it feels day by day mm -hmm. and taking it's almost like a courtship process with your own with yourself with your own senses yeah yeah and just seeing how that feels and how that that integrates along the way mm -hmm. um that's yeah that's kind of how i i that's how i experience it and that's that's how i try to explain it to simplify it mm -hmm. so it's not this like this um you know abstract or even mystical kind of thing of like right. intuition is coming from somewhere outside of me like i i'm i'm a visionary i'm tapped into you know the visionary space especially with so much plant medicine work that i've done mm -hmm. um I, I can tap into those spaces and they're incredibly vivid at times but i have to anchor it into my physical about my physical body mm -hmm. um Otherwise, I can get kind of very airy, like I can yeah. get very kind of in that that abstract space. Yeah. But if it's not anchored in my physicality, then it's it's essentially not integrated. And then and then that that's where we can get into these like what I call like timeline conflicts, mm -hmm. where we're tracking multiple timelines versus our mind, body, and spirit being aligned with a singular timeline that. Um, you know that that carries kind of the the energy of consistency versus getting scattered and splitting into these different perceived realities right it's more congruent yeah ex exactly yeah, yeah. yeah that's awesome uh i want to take us back to the addiction cycle so cool. now you have a book mm -hmm. all about addiction mm -hmm. plug it away yeah but uh <laughs> yeah go into that because and, and why addiction starts how to break it i mean anything okay. that's on your heart to talk about okay amazing you're... well that's potentially a really long topic but i i like the the frame of the question and so i'm yeah my recent book is the addiction free lifestyle mm -hmm. And it goes really deep into a lot of different areas, obviously all related to addiction. I, I talk a lot about trauma and how addiction forms and the nature of addiction from a, from a physical, biological, chemical, also a spiritual, metaphysical, and emotional kind of context and mm -hmm. weave those things together. Mm -hmm. And ultimately the thing with addiction is that we have to address the whole human versus just the, the parts, right? Like right. the sum of the parts or however that phrase goes, like the, um, the, the sum of the parts or the whole of the parts is more important than just the individual pieces. And in the, the medical world, the, the health world, um, we usually get fixated on individual and compartmentalized aspects. So it's like, okay, from a health perspective, it's like addressing the gut or addressing the nervous system or the immune system or the liver or the kidneys or whatever. Right. And, and that's all important, but really it's the whole human as a whole system, as a whole being mm -hmm. that has to be addressed and integrated. Mm -hmm. And so addiction is like, addiction is essentially, um, it's a form of lack of integration of a whole human, mm -hmm. mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Mm -hmm. And so, Ultimately, how addiction forms, simply put, is that you have a system called the dopaminergic system. And this is what I focus on heavily, because this is kind of the, the, this is the crux of it all. And if people can learn how to reset and reboot their dopamine system, then not only can they overcome addictions, but then they can actually reboot their entire neurological system which governs all all your functions it governs how you feel about yourself your your self-concept your emotional stability mm -hmm. and obviously every function of the physical body mm -hmm. and so what what defines 
in a dictionary, or I should say what makes something addictive comes down to two things. How much dopamine it produces in the brain upon taking the substance or looking at the screen or the social media or whatever it may be. How much dopamine is produced in the brain right out the gate and then also how easily accessible that thing is. Mm. And that's, so that's really important. Just real quick thing on dopamine. A lot of people feel like dopamine is the, it's the pleasure chemical. Mm. And that's not really true at all. That, that's just, that's a very simplified and not even really an accurate um, definition. Essentially what dopamine is, dopamine, it, it governs our entire like behavioral neuro networks, mm -hmm. specifically our, our motivation. Mm -hmm. So everything that we're motivated by extrinsically and intrinsically comes down to dopamine chemically in the brain. Mm -hmm. And so we've been trained to seek outside of ourselves, like external gratification, immediate gratification, mm -hmm. instead of delayed gratification. And so immediate gratification basically sets us up and sets our brain up for particular addiction loops to get, get reward and pleasure mm -hmm. from short-term gratification. Things that are easily accessible that are gonna produce the most amount of dopamine in the moment to make us feel like we're either productive or we're making progress towards our goals mm -hmm. or, um, or essentially just to, to feel good. Right. Because we don't actually feel good and our system is out of balance, our brain is out of balance, and our dopamine baseline is actually, is actually um, lower than it, what it should be. Mm -hmm. And so we need things outside of us to trigger that dopamine response to bring our brain back into balance so that it feels normal or it feels good. Mm -hmm. And so this, this sets us up for addiction loops. And so ultimately what we have to do is learn how to delay immediate gratification and retrain the brain to start getting reward and pleasure from doing things that are actually perceived to be hard and difficult, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like being able to stretch that gap from our thoughts to our impulses to actually taking the action towards something mm -hmm. and stretching that out a bit so that we can learn to be uncomfortable and comfortable with being uncomfortable mm -hmm. long enough to retrain the, the brain's neuropathways. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, there's, there's plenty more that we can, we can talk about just with, with dopamine. It's such a, it's such a deep topic. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like become like one of my favorite topics mm -hmm. um, and taking people through 30 day dopamine reset programs. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's really amazing because it really does start to change. It changes your patterns. It changes your emotional set point. Mm -hmm. It changes your, it, it's almost like the way that I look at it is it's an ego reset. Wow. Because the dopamine system has a lot to do with what we what we know as the ego identity construct mm -hmm. in our personality, mm -hmm. and if we've developed like addiction patterns, it actually affects our personality mm -hmm. and our drive towards different um, yeah different wow. substances or people or places or patterns, mm -hmm. and it starts to reset the ego construct in a um, yeah just a very interesting way. Wow. I've never linked dopamine with the ego before, but that would make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's 
awesome. <laughs> yeah, I highlight I'm, I'm trying to like I'm trying to just like simplify this into bullet points. You, you're so doing I, a good job. Yeah, yeah. Then okay. I'll have to research myself too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a I have a free three day like challenge to do dopamine reset. Right. So, um, it's been something that's impacted my life mm-hmm. um, every time that I've done a, a reset myself. And I call it just going dark, where you just Go, stop yeah. all the things. <laughs> yeah, and you look <laughs> internally for a little mm-hmm. bit, and you, mm-hmm. you know, I even fast during it, and um, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was, what was your uh, process and your story in getting into that? Yeah, just in a nutshell, like I, I've been looking at dopamine for many years, uh-huh. and uh, it kind of just came on my radar, maybe like eight or nine years ago when I was into Chinese herbalism. And really deep into like tonic herbs, and uh, there was a an herb that came up called macuna, mm-hmm. and macuna is the number one source of L-dopa, which is a precursor for dopamine. And so I started looking into conditions like um, Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis, which are essentially um, what's called the demyelination disorders of the body. Mm-hmm. And as I was going deeper into that, they're basically like dysfunctional, um, like motor dysfunction, okay. where people start stuttering, they can't control their speech, they're, they're, they're um, you know, like Michael J. Fox, for example, mm-hmm. I think he had Parkinson's, and then so he lost full control of his motor function, and so mm-hmm. he starts shaking a little bit. And um, a lot of that has to do with just the dysregulation of dopamine, and dopamine has a lot to do with the adrenal glands. The mm-hmm. adrenal glands are powered by dopamine and also sodium, mm-hmm. interestingly enough. So when mm-hmm. people have adrenal fatigue, it's, they're definitely, there's definitely a dopamine deficit, no doubt. But then there's also probably um, a mineral sodium electrolyte imbalance, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I started just like really going deeper into those nuances And then over the years, I I don't know, I just think I just got fascinated with this thing around dopamine, but I didn't really go deeper into the addiction context until around 2018 or so. Mm -hmm. And I had some some things that I was working through as well. And I was really like getting deep into like Gabor Mate and and things around trauma Mm -hmm. and all that. And then in 2020... I started going back to the dopamine research and there was a lot of talk around dopamine de- uh, resets, mm-hmm. yeah, particularly around technology and social media and coffee and yeah. caffeine and, and all these kind of more socially accepted drugs. Mm-hmm. And so that led me into it. But then as I started going through it, I started going deeper because I had such a wealth of knowledge around a full spectrum into holistic health and nutrition and all these areas. So I was able to start cross connecting a lot more nuanced approaches to doing a more advanced dopamine reset. Mm -hmm. Um, And also with this knowledge around trauma, somatic release processes, meditation, breath work, cold therapy, um, supplementation, nutrition, herbs, Mm -hmm. um, sleep cycles. Like I started putting together this whole map Mm -hmm. for how to, use the dopamine reset as an entire lifestyle transformational approach. That's awesome. And that's essentially what I, I, I finally put together this year mm-hmm. and wrote about in my book. And so that, that just became super fascinating for me. And I, I found as I took people through these processes, it started changing everything for them, mm-hmm. you know, starting to focus on dialing in their sleep cycles and, and creating a ritual for when you go to sleep. <laughs> 
Right. Just like when you wake up in the morning, have a ritual for how you wake up in the morning and starting your day. Mm -hmm. And just having these like ritual anchor points that anchor your your energy and guide it into like a transitional phase mm -hmm. opposed to just going through the day and getting super stimulated and just like mm -hmm. rushing through the day and then eventually passing out um, and just running the system into the ground. I learned that myself. Yeah. You know, and it's not fun. No, it's not. No. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst. And, and you start to, you start to, as you go into greater deficits, you start to, you start to realize the effects, but then it also becomes harder to dig yourself out of the hole because the brain has developed like these compensation strategies mm. because it's all pattern now that this is what's familiar. Mm. It's very hard to break habits that have been entrained for a long time, mm. even if they're killing us. Mm. And so, um, yeah, so I, I just really started taking people through all these processes and, and simple things would, would be transformative, mm. like just simple shifts. I'd be yeah. surprised like how simple the thing was and how big of an effect it had. And then, yeah, it just became, it kind of just, you know, took on, took on this bigger thing. And, uh, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. And then on the simple thing, I've been diving into a lot of work, um, somatically and yeah uh, noticing how subtle changes have a big impact mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um when we are i mean i'm sure you know more of the science behind this but i have a theory of like when we are whether it's traumatized or running an addiction pattern or looking for that next high mm -hmm. the neck the big cathartic release or the big yeah, yeah, yeah. process yeah the big thing mm -hmm. is what we go to when it's really the subtleties that will make the shift right we're looking for yeah, if, you know you're looking to change. Yeah, perfectly said. It's like chasing peak experiences, right? And then we can get really attached to that, whether it's like a plant medicine ceremony, right. it's a it's a healing mm -hmm. ceremony, some sort of workshop. Like we're looking for mm -hmm. this peak experience because that brings us closer to like our ecstatic nature. Mm -hmm. And if we've been in a state where our normal day is kind of humdrum, we're a little numbed out, we're, we're desensitized, we're not living our purpose, we're not inspired mm -hmm. on a daily basis, we're not really fully healthy and vital, then yeah, our brain is gonna chase those, those external um, peak states. You know, this happens a lot in the psychedelic world. Mm -hmm. You know, like mm -hmm. whether it's like, you know, psychedelics and dance parties and, and all that stuff's amazing and it's therapeutic, but it also is dose dependent, yeah. just like anything, you know, what, what makes something beneficial or detrimental is all based on dosage. Yeah. And you have to know your, you have to know your right dosage and frequency and frequency. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so, so essentially like what you're speaking to, to me comes down to just integration mm -hmm. and that's been such a big thing the last couple years and it's just a continue it's a continued kind of focus for me of integrating our experiences mm -hmm. and it doesn't have and that also too doesn't have to be this long drawn out process right you know it's it's just the it's the consistency and congruency of simple practices that anchor us into our body and help us just simply be more of who we are on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. And that's been my process of just returning back to my center and letting the world re-correspond around me mm -hmm. versus me going outside of myself to try to grasp 
um, opportunities or people or experiences, um, but really just letting things kind of circulate around me. And that's a slowing down process. Yeah. That requires you to really slow down to like, you know, stop getting on the phone and social media as much and um, really start to identify the patterns and behaviors that are either supporting me and taking me towards my goals or are not. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it takes a little bit of time for things to kind of, uh, for the energy to kick start back on. Mm-hmm. But that's an important reset to go through. So I think, you know, ultimately it's like these these peak experiences are like chasing these like flow states my whole thing is that you can actually live in a flow state mm-hmm. that you're supposed to live in a flow state, like mm-hmm. getting into the zone. But even that is not like a peak state that mm-hmm. we're chasing. It's just like, it's in, it's like a higher octave on the, the musical keyboard. Mm-hmm. You have different notes and different octaves. Mm-hmm. So you don't get attached to one. It's a continuity and it's a flow. It's like the baseline. Yeah. Yeah. Once you're, yeah. yeah. So once your brain's, dopamine serotonin baseline is in balance then you can actually experience these these peak states without the drop off mm-hmm. and that's the dopamine roller coaster mm-hmm. so that's when we're like chasing dopamine 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 and we get these high high highs but then but then it's like it, it it's like a um, looking at like the goldilocks kind of dynamic mm-hmm. you know um where it moves up but then it drops back down mm-hmm. and we want to create a situation where like we were, we're moving upwards slowly. It's a gradual, uh, um, moving upward. And then we have a peak experience and we stabilize that experience. Mm-hmm. So then that becomes our new normal. Mm-hmm. Everything's brought up current that becomes our new normal and it stabilizes. Yeah. So it's not just up, up, up. It's like getting up, but before you get to that cathartic point, mm-hmm. like in the breath right. work practice, Crazy right? Releases. Yeah. There's like a point when you're doing breath work where you're, you're bringing the breath in and at some point you hold at the peak mm-hmm. and then you relax into the sensation as the energy is building up, you relax into it and let it stabilize and then at some point you slowly breathe it all back out mm-hmm. instead of having this wild cathartic go like for as high as you can yeah go as high as you can yeah because then what ends up happening is that you you um you blow out your, your circuits over time like you 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 don't have the capacity the energetic capacity to charge the system with that much voltage in that much frequency mm-hmm. So you have to up you have to upgrade your capacity load by stabilizing each new experience, mm-hmm. which happens through integration. That's exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, I want to talk a little bit more about integration, and then I have another question for you. Something that we talked about before mm-hmm. we started recording. Yeah. So integration, stabilizing it. Um, what does that look like for people? Mm. You know, because it's yeah, it is a in some regards, a buzzword. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How? Because I've I've done a lot of the scientific research with you as well, and I'm trying to just bring it down mm-hmm. to people because we can talk super scientific about it. Totally. But what does integration look like for you so that that doesn't happen? Mm-hmm. I mean, we can say like, don't go for the peaks. Go for like you know fifty, eighty percent. Right. Um, and by the way, I'm, I go I go all the way. Yeah. Okay. Into experiences, so but do. but okay. So this is important because. 
I used to go all the way and keep going, keep going, uh, keep going. Cause like, because I, I have the capacity to do that. Yeah. But then, you know, eventually like then I would burn out, mm -hmm. you know, just cause I have more capacity than most people right. to like stay up all night and keep going and have these experiences or mm -hmm. like, you know, there's always a drop off. Totally. So I've just learned to be in rhythm and flow with the energy itself. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, what does integration look like that? So that that transition for me has been a byproduct of me slowing down my life and yeah. slowing down like my output. Mm -hmm. And it actually has allowed me to be more, more focused and more grounded and more present when I am doing things. So what it looks like for me is it's having a training schedule because mm -hmm. I'm an athlete and that, that works really well for me. I think that works well for most people, especially yeah. men. We're, we're designed to lift heavy things. We're designed to move our bodies. Mm -hmm. We're designed to have some kind of physical training practice. Mm -hmm. And that helps me ground into my physical body. Um, it's generative for my hormone system, all the right. things, right? My nervous system, it's only positive. Yeah. So I have to have a training schedule. I have to have a schedule. Mm -hmm. That's key. I have to have structure. So when I wake up in the morning, I know what I'm doing. I know where my energy is going. It's not just like free flow. Yeah. And it's good to have space. I create space, but not too much space. Mm -hmm. I need to have I need to have discipline in my day. I need to have these anchor points that that anchor my energy, and I know where I'm going with my day. I know what I'm doing. Right. Um, you know, meditation, breath work cold ice bath therapies, infrared sauna, you know, like all the, all the, the holistic health things, taking care of my body. Right. And then physical exercise and fitness. Um, and then also, you know, like researching and reading whatever it is that I'm interested in, you know, having like, having like, um, having the yang and then having the yin exercises, the rest and recovery exercises. Right. So when I'm resting and recovering, then it's like I'm more in like research mode, I'm reading or I'm listening to a podcast mm -hmm. um, that helps my mind integrate um, intellectually, whatever it is that I may be interested in as well. Right. And then I also have, um, you know, processes, whether maybe I need to do some kind of somatic release therapy. This is more so in the past, not so much anymore now, but I do, I do a lot of things like shaking. You know, shaking out my body, um, which is called neurogenic tremoring. Mm -hmm. And it's just shaking out all the static energy in the body, the stress hormones that build up in the body, mm -hmm. shaking all that stuff out and um, making sure that my body is energetically clean mm -hmm. and clear. Um, you know, getting into nature is mm -hmm. so important. Getting into bodies of water yeah. is so incredibly important for this. And then getting around other people that I'm in resonance with mm -hmm. is so key. So there's there's self-regulation, mm -hmm. right? Learning how to regulate my own energy. But then there's also co-regulation, which is regulating my nervous system with other nervous systems that are in resonance with with me. Mm -hmm. and, and what you want to be. Yeah. And then that, that can look like, you know, like gatherings, parties, like um, medicine journeys, you know, in, in the right dosage and frequency. Mm -hmm. And then those those create I found for me when I'm doing my work and then I go out and I have those experiences with other people, 
that actually creates like this upgrade or up level phenomenon mm -hmm. where now like my energetic body and my psyche and the whatever whatever it is that I'm I'm experiencing whatever up level I'm going through it like kind of clicks mm -hmm. because now Lots I'm in communion and resonance with other people that are also doing their life yeah that's yeah well put mm. um Last bit, and I know you had mentioned this in the conversation we had previously about the science of the heart. Yeah. Um, you want to dive into that? Yeah. 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 So that's, I mean, that's a, you know, that's a deep, deep topic in of itself. You obviously know a lot about HeartMath Institute yeah. and the whole idea of like the, the resonance of the heart and the electromagnetic phenomenon of the heart. And mm -hmm. the heart is essentially like, um, it's a magnetic generator. So it's like based on, it's based on pulse waves where the mind is based on what's called temporal, temporal electrical waves. Mm. And just really quick on that. So, you know, basically what that means is that mental energy is electric in nature, um, which just means that it's, it's a temporary, it's a temporary source of power and, but it's not renewable. It can't renew its own source. And that's why it can be exhausting when we're always in our head and we're trying to think through matters of the heart, especially yeah. it's the wrong system mm -hmm. and the heart is a renewable, it's magnetic in nature. Mm -hmm. So it's actually a renewable pulse wave that it's, it's a, yeah, it's like a renewable free energy technology. And, but our heart can get very burdened by the mind. If the two are not in coherence together. They're not in alignment together. It's like the, the heart over the head, the head over the heart kind of thing. And they're in conflict. Mm -hmm. So when the head and the heart are in resonance with each other, then it creates what's called an electromagnetic phenomenon. And then that's where, you know, they do the studies to, to gauge like your, your aura, your biofield and how far that goes out. And, and, you know, that, that's a really cool topic to get into and, and feel into, but I think also what I just wanted to just speak very briefly to is like the, you know, the health, heart health. Mm -hmm. And I, I got really into cardiovascular health like 10 or 11 years ago in my research, studying mm -hmm. alternative means to disease therapies. Mm -hmm. And I got really deep into this topic of strokes and heart disease and, and something called calcification. Mm -hmm. I gave a number of lectures and I wrote, I wrote this in, in some of my different books and Essentially, what's going on with heart disease, heart disease is the number one death, uh, killer in, in the world. It's the number one reason why people die. Um, number one medical condition. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that can either be like because of a stroke. And strokes are usually either because there's like um, there's an injury to the capillaries or the arteries. Mm -hmm. And or there's a, a lack of blood flow between the aortic valves of the heart that are bringing blood flow into the, the um, bringing blood into the brain, mm -hmm. right? So there's like a contraction or there's something that's blocking it. And so essentially the brain can't receive oxygen. Um, and then there's also just like basic heart disease, like plaque formations that form in the capillaries and the arteries and block up, block up the, you know, that system. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, that's, that's really interesting to get into all those nuances, especially if you're working in those fields of health and, mm -hmm. and recovery. But I got really into this thing around calcification. And that actually is the, it's, calcification is the great undertaker 
to all disease conditions. It's essentially what's behind every disease condition. And just simply put, calcification is 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 the um, the wrong kinds of calcium that build up like stones or crystals throughout the the entire body, and they they basically that that's what's behind arthritis and um, and uh, heart disease and diabetes and basically what makes the body really brittle. Mm-hmm. and starts to break the body down. And that's also largely what ca- causes inflammation in the body as well. Mm-hmm. And then that's a really deep topic. We could get, we, yeah. I mean, we could have fun going deep into it. I don't want to go too much deep into it. It's just, but I just want to make that point that like, as we're approaching heart health, we want to look at it like from a physical perspective, totally. the physical organ of the heart itself yeah. And maintaining maintaining health with that, and somebody is dealing with a heart condition, then they need to look into calcification and doing decalcification strategies to break down these stone formations that are like calcium phosphate crystals that build up in the arteries. Mm-hmm. Start breaking that stuff down and creating more blood oxygen flow throughout the system. And, um, and then also looking at metaphysically too, because then when I, especially when I was a vegan, I had a really good perspective on, you know, heart disease being the number one killer was partly physical and diet. And I mean, that part was very obvious to me, but then I also looked at it from the perspective that people have developed like a shield or a stone wall. So I looked at calcification internally, then I was like, oh, that's wild because People have developed a stone wall around their heart. So they actually, they're actually blocking their heart Mm. and it's repressing and suppressing the, you know, that magnetic field and their emotions. And essentially what people are dealing with is like, they're dealing with repressed grief and sadness, Mm. which the, the organ of the heart from a Chinese medicine perspective has to do with the, has to do with our mother. Mm Like the liver has to do with our father. Mm. And so more men have liver issues and more women. Well, I don't know if that's exactly true. I think it goes both ways. But more men have liver issues, which is like anger and resentment. It usually has to do with father issues. Mm. And then the heart usually has to do with mother issues. And it has to do with like sadness and loss Mm. and that kind of thing. Mm. And that's all suppressed in our culture, right? The grieving process. Nobody talks about death. And, and, you know, the, the cycle of life and, and how to grieve. Right. Very true. It's missing in our culture. Um, I know you mentioned the calcification processes. Could you, do you mm-hmm. know a few that you could list? Oh, for about? sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just a few things. Um, well, the first thing is you, you have to get off the wrong kinds of calcium. So calcium supplements are notoriously... Um, loaded with these, these, um, you know, just these calcium, just the wrong kind of calcium that your body can't metabolize into bone. Mm. So that's the whole issue with that is that we could be taking all kinds of calcium, whether it's from like pasteurized, homogenized, genetically altered milk, Mm. right? Um, getting onto like raw milk, particularly goat's milk is the best option for that. I don't really recommend people get too heavy into dairy at all um, because it it can have like mucus forming effects. And just really, it's like, it's kind of like a supplemental thing. You don't really do it every day. But you know, all the calcium supplements are the number one supplement that's sold, especially to elderly people. 
and that kind of calcium doesn't actually form bone material. It gets stored on top of the bones. Wow. It can't metabolize into the bone structure itself. Wow. And so it just starts floating around until it finds a spot that it latches onto. Mm -hmm. And then... And so, so one part is that you have to break down these stone formations. So things like enzyme therapy. Mm -hmm. So for example, cancer, most forms of cancer largely have to do with calcification. Mm -hmm. When somebody has a tumor, that tumor has a shield around it. So the tumor is like a, like a virus or a fungal organism, like some mm -hmm. sort of parasitic organism that's hiding inside the tumor formation mm -hmm. and around it is both protein deposits and then there's also calcification that's building around that organism to protect it from the immune system. Mm. It's essentially yeah. what a tumor is. Yeah. And so you, in order to break that down, you have to go through different delayering strategies. One of them is, is high proteolytic enzyme therapy and proteolytic enzymes are just types of enzymes that break down protein deposits. Mm -hmm. And in really advanced uh, cancer therapies, they'll use anywhere from 150 to 300 proteolytic enzymes a day for advanced wow. um, stage cancer patients. And so that's one thing is like enzyme therapy. Mm -hmm. um, another thing is something called proteolytic probiotics, which um, one of my dear brothers, uh, Wade Lightheart, he owns a company called Bio-Optimizers, mm -hmm. and they have a lot of different products. One of them is these proteolytic probiotics. Mm -hmm. There's also something called EDTA, ethyldiamine tetracetic acid. All right. <laughs> it, it, yeah. So it's EDTA, and that's, um, it's a chelation supplement or therapy mm -hmm. that is very helpful for, for, extracting out residual toxins in, in calcification um, as well. There, there's a number of other things too. You also want to get on, you want to get off tap water. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's, that's basically, like, before we even get into anything, everyone needs to get off tap water. To me, that also includes highly alkalized water. Mm -hmm. And it also includes any kind of filtered water that's coming out of the sink. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be drinking anything coming out of the sink. Um, now there, you know, there might be little exceptions as backup water, like reverse osmosis, distilled water, or like well water that, that you just have hooked up to your, your system. But ultimately you don't want anything coming out of tap as your primary source of water. So you want to get on spring water ultimately is the best, is the best thing. Cause it's going to have the lowest amount of calcium in it mm. and tap water and well water have higher amounts of calcium. So when you're looking at water, one quick tip that you can do is look at the what's called the TDS um, measurement. So it's total dissolved solids. Mm -hmm. If a water, the higher the calcium is, then the more potential for calcification. It doesn't mean that you're going to like all of a sudden have like heart disease or anything. Right. This stuff builds up in the system over time. But it's just something you want to be aware of. You want more magnesium and silica and, and uh, like sodium but magnesium and silica in particular in the water and calcium should be much lower and calcium is an alkalizing agent. So mm -hmm. that's why they use it in some of these alkalizing water systems and stuff. Wow. Um, it, it's good like temporarily yeah. or to like, you know, if, if that's all you have, but that's not what you want to be relying on. Right. I didn't know that. 
Yeah. In fact. Yeah, this, this is all stuff I, I'm, like, drawing from, like, 10 years of, like, nuance, niche, yeah. like, research into these areas. I, I don't That's really get to, I don't really talk about this anymore, so I'm really, it's really cool to be able to go into this. Yeah, I mean, it's really important information. Mm -hmm. I can tell you've been well-versed and knowledge in your research, so, yeah, it's helpful. Because, I'm, you know, I'm over here thinking, like, oh, alkaline water, like, okay, you get it because it's better right. for you, but right. not actually looking at that and understanding calcification. And it, it is, makes sense it is better. It's just not like, it's not the, it's not the best. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I love it. We've gotten into so many different topics, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, there might be a part two to this, so cool. people can stay tuned, but <laughs> where can people find out more about you and what all yeah. you're up to? Um, Instagram, easiest place to find me and follow me, Ronnie Landis. Um, Instagram, Facebook, I have a YouTube channel, and then I also have a podcast, which I now rebranded to Breaking Addictions, awesome. which I'd love to have you on. That'd be amazing. And, um, and yeah, and so that, and the podcast I've had for about seven years, and it's going over my different titles, and I've had like 210 like interviews over the years with some of like the most incredible like thought leaders in the world yeah. and so many different areas, especially holistic health, but also people like Michael Beckwith and John Martini and and um john gray and uh you know like i mean the list goes on and on just like transformational leaders mm -hmm. um and uh it's it's a fun podcast there's a lot to dig into there and then people can also go to my website hhphealth.com mm -hmm. and i have a program called the 30-day ultimate dopamine reset and so that's kind of like my 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 program that i'm sharing right now and focused on yeah and it's a it's a 30-day online course and then there's also a 30-day protocol that's built into it mm -hmm. and it takes you through this process of going through what we're talking about with this full spectrum dopamine reset mm -hmm. so people can find that at hhphealth.com forward slash dopamine awesome and i mean i looked into it and i was like yeah this is the real shit so yeah <laughs> you're on it you're on a wave there for sure thank you. But, dude this has been an awesome conversation yeah thank you for being you and being here thank you yeah i appreciate for, it for everybody tuning in check out all of his links his book everything will be down in the show notes below and as always put some heart into everything that you do today <laughs>